Welcome to the EIS Navigator. I'm your host, Brian Moretta. Stimulating growth in the regions has been a hot topic for a few years now, and the EIS and VCT industry has a strong role to play. Michael Vassalo heads Maven's operations in Northeast England and is passionate about developing companies in this area. We talk about the funding gap between Southeast and the rest of the country, how things are changing, and how much further we have to go. If you join the podcast, don't forget you can subscribe on all good podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, then you can email us at inquiries at harmonandco.com. Without any further ado, enjoy this episode. So today we are joined by Michael Vassallo, who is Northeast Investment Director at Maven Capital Partners. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thanks, Brian. Um, it's a lovely day here in the northeast of England, so I'm looking forward to talking today. So, as usual, we'd like to start by getting to know a little bit more about you. So, can you tell us how you became involved in venture capital? Uh, yeah, and, and it's, 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 a, it's a long and interesting tale. So, uh, I've always been interested in investments and SME business growth. My father started a business um, in seafood and actually took backing from um, NVM many, many years ago. Uh, he sold that business in the in the mid-90s when I was in my early teens. And so I've always had a you know entrepreneurial spirit in the family. Mm-hmm. And then um, and, and were you aware of the funding side even that young? No, I, 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 I met some of the people who, who went on to be the the very senior people at NVM uh, at quite an early age and, and was aware of the I think the pressures of owning a business, which has been helpful when I've been speaking to the, the owners of the business we invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's been really useful in, in my career. But but no, I, I was um, uh, very good at maths at an early age. And um, my mum and dad thought, oh, that's great. Well, we can do maths at university. So I went to Oxford, uh, studied maths, and then went to do um, accountancy at Ernst & Young. And then actually went to work on the stock market. So um went to work for Brune Dolphin in their investment banking team for nine years and really enjoyed working with lots of different companies in lots of different sectors and meeting all of these superstar PLC teams. But after nine years of commuting back and forward to London, what, what I realized was I liked I liked the idea of being based permanently in the Northeast mm-hmm. and to help regional SMEs grow and achieve some of the things that I'd seen the PLCs in London achieve. So, so I moved into regional fund management about 10 years ago and then joined Maven in, in 2017 to set up their Northeast office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been going since then. We've invested just over 42 million in that time in the Northeast businesses, with which with private sector leverage, we've actually been involved in about 80 million pound of deals in that time. So it's so a big contribution to the area. Yep, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that's significant. So you mentioned you're with Maven now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Maven and what they do? Yes. So um, Maven is a is a national firm. We've got we've got twelve offices across the UK. Uh, we are primarily interested in SME direct equity and debt investment. We also have a property arm as well, which is very successful. I work on the the equity and debt side of the business. The largest part of our business is still venture capital trusts, which um, you can buy shares on as a retail investor on the stock market, as I'm sure you know, and a lot of interest, your listeners might be interested in. We've got very successful VCTs, which have tax benefits around them for retail investors. 
And we also have, which is one of the things which we, we pride ourselves on, is we have local teams doing local deals. I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to operate. And the way that works is we also have some regional funds as well. So uh, in the Northeast in particular, we've got 47 million of regional funds to manage and we also invest in venture capital trusts and private equity deals as well. When you say regional funds, who's funding? Who's the investors in those funds? It, it's a mixture and, and it's ever evolving. The, the funds we currently manage, we have one fund which is money from um, Durham County Council, uh, who, who are one of the most forward looking councils, I think, in the UK, who decided to set up their own venture capital fund back in 2017 and, and, and wanted an experienced fund manager to operate for them. So we do deals on their behalf into Durham and, and help businesses relocate into Durham as well. And then we also manage um, part of the Northeast Fund, which, which is a larger fund for the whole of the Northeast of England. Currently, that is European monies from, from the um ERDF, the European Regional Development Fund and the European Investment Bank. And that is transitioning over the next couple of years to um, UK government monies from British Business Bank via the Northern Powerhouse Investment Funds. Okay, so yes, that's going to be linked in to all the other funds that we've, the Midlands and the Northern Powerhouse and these sort of things. Yes, that's the plan. That's the plan. That It's going to be a larger fund than the previous rounds, which is great. The government have announced that, which is very good news um, for the north of England. And, and we'll find out more about exactly what it's going to look like over the next, I think, six to nine months. So as you mentioned, you've got offices around the country, and Maven in particular has a focus on regional investing. And while we've touched on it a couple of times, we've we've certainly had regional investors on the podcast. We haven't actually discussed regional investing per se. So we thought that it would be good, seeing as how we have a specialist on, to Mm -hmm. kind of talk about regional investing and some of the issues and the challenges and and why, why it might be interesting. So it would probably be good to start with this kind of big picture about how do the regions compare with the rest of the UK for, for funding? I mean, regions, we're really meaning outside sort of the southeast. Yes. So, um, well, number number one, there's, there's less funding available, mm-hmm. which is why some of these um, regional government-backed development funds are, are required, which has various knock-on effects. So, so there's, there's probably less deals available. But, but also the deals that you do come across tend to be at lower valuations, which is useful because there's, maybe because there's less interested parties, there's less available finance, which can restrict growth. So there's just a track record of, of lower valuations. What, what we find is there are very, very good opportunities in the regions, but, you, but you've got to work harder to find them. So I think one of the big differences in, is in the southeast of England, lots of advisors, lots of advisor-led deals. Once you move into the regions, you, you really do need to work that little bit harder to go and find deals yourself uh, and maybe nurture those deals for longer. So it's very important to have a local team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do see some of our competitors come into the regions maybe every six months or once a year, have a few coffees, go away again. 
and funnily enough, you won't be surprised, they don't find the best deals. They do find deals, I don't think they find the best deals. So having a local team in place makes a massive difference for us. And that's, that's our model. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, so there's a lot to unpack in there. I, I, I think going back to the big picture, why do you think there's kind of less funding available for the, for the regions than, than the rest, than, than the southeast? I mean, you're, why are we so London-centric? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. And um, lots of reasons. Um, some of them historic. You know, there's more private wealth in the southeast. So a lot of early stage deals do rely upon some form of angel investment. So, so there's, there's less money for that. It's becoming more of a historic thing now, but transport links used to be a massive advantage. If you're in the southeast of England, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the airports, you've got, you know, proximity to, to other areas. You can jump on a, a plane to almost any in the, anywhere in the world. That was an issue, but much less of an issue now because you can work from home, you can work on teams, you can do all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and is that something to do with the nature of businesses as well? Because it seems to me that, you know, as we move into yeah, a bit, that, you know, a the UK economy point. is quite service-orientated. In some ways, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. I, I, one of the big things we've seen in in the northeast of England over the last, I would say, well, it's probably only really the last five or six years, it is the growth of the technology cluster, mm-hmm. uh, and that is starting to really accelerate in the last twelve months, even because people have realised that the, there are very good universities in the northeast of England that technology staff can work remotely or in different countries and operate well together. And uh, the North East is a great place to have a base, have teams. You know, it, it's it's almost weekly now. We see in the local press that a new international company is opening a technology office in Newcastle with plans to employ one or 200 staff. There are, the, the, the technology cluster in the northeast, very exciting. And, and ten years ago, I, I wouldn't have been saying the same thing. But certainly over the last five years, in a big acceleration in the last twelve months, it, it seems a very good place now to have a technology company and grow it. Also, as well, the local authorities, the LEP, are working more closely with the universities to retain the students. So, as I said, there's some very good universities up here, but historically. A lot of that talent is is slipped away and gone down to the southeast. Like a kind of brain drain. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the, they're putting a lot of work into um, keeping the people in the northeast now. And you can see it in the investment in in the city centres, in house building. It it's an it is a better place to live than it used to be. It it, it really is, and it's attracting more of that local talent, and it's a great place now to have a technology business. Yeah, so so it's kind of virtuous circle almost come in. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And and so you mentioned the northeast is getting better. So one of the things I was wondering about, and I don't know how your perspective on this is, is is that when we talk about these things, we we almost talk about the southeast and the regions as two homogeneous blocks, and. You know, neither, even the southeast is much smaller. Is, is not ho- far from homogeneous. You know, the difference between London and Cambridge or Oxford is quite significant. But the re- ha- we talk about the regions as a whole. Is the story you talk about northeast common throughout the regions, or is there's a very hit and miss about how the different regions are changing? 
it, yeah, yeah it, it's very interesting. And, and some of this is based on limited knowledge. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I do speak to the, the other partners and, and investment directors from the other uh, main offices. And it, yeah, it, it's a good news story, I would say, overall. You know, our, our Manchester office is um, primarily involved in equity deals. And, and has been very successful. And I think Manchester's got a good technology cluster, but also um, sees itself as a bit of a capital city. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got that confidence and enthusiasm. And, and I think they suffer a lot less from that talent drain. But then interestingly, a lot of the finance and corporate financiers and professional firms are all based in Leeds. A, a, lot, a lot of them, it, it's a big centre for that. I think probably it's a little bit less SME investment for some reason. Um, so, so within the regions, it, it is very, it's very different across the regions we operate in. Even in the northeast of England, you know, we it's it's still a big geography. Uh, we can see quite big differences from some areas where it's still heavily based on traditional manufacturing, engineering, to other to pockets of services and technology to um, an increasing um, renewable drive, uh, which we can see in the Northeast, which comes back to um, geography of being on the coast for the wind power to being, you know, proximity to the North Sea, the ports, the history of what they've done on the yards to build some of this stuff so yeah e even across the regions it, it's they're all very different it, it, it's very dynamic yeah and and then do you it sounds almost like there's a degree of almost specialism coming in certain areas and it's probably as you say an accident of history and say somebody did well in a certain area and, and people are doubling down on that i, I think you're right and and, and this is why you, you you do need local people and, and you benefit massively from having a, a national firm behind you. So, so in the northeast right now, the, the key sectors are technology, which which is a key sector for me even nationally. And so we've got lots of experience. And what do you mean there. by technology? Because technology itself can sound like a big umbrella. Yeah. So I, I would say I end up the hot sectors right now. Yeah. So software, uh, we do like software businesses. But, but, you know, it's high-growth software businesses we're looking for. Growth is the big the big valuation drive right now. So high-growth software businesses, current uh, hot sectors there, um, anything to do with employment and staff because there's such big change going on there. Uh, it's seen as a big thing. Uh, we like cybersecurity. You know, the, the 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 world is becoming potentially a more dangerous place and cybersecurity is very important as we all push more workflows in the digital digital world. Uh, so that's a big that's a big space for us now. And then anything of interest, you know, we're looking for high growth businesses and we like technology primarily because you can grow these businesses quickly if you get the right one. Because it's so, you know, you're not shipping, you haven't got supply issues, all these things that you're restrained to in the physical world. Software, if you get the right product with the right sales team in a good market, you'd scale these things very quickly, which is what we're after. Um, we're not into hardware, especially that kind of stuff, you know, it's software businesses, cybersecurity, HR tech. 
And, and you're not into hardware. Do you, do you see a lot of hardware going on in Northeast, and it's just something you're not interested in, or is it something where you just sort of say, see, it's just not really happening in the Northeast? So, so what we do see in the Northeast is what we would class as more kind of like scientific investments. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've got a, um, a solar power business we're, we're, a, we're a small investor amongst some uh, in a business which has a lot of lot of money uh, with some potential potentially you know highly disruptive technology which in you know, the last valuation round I think was over 100 million we were, were close to completing another deal in a in a another scientific technology business which is very exciting alongside alongside some big investors and, and that comes down to some investment that the lo- the regions made into some scientific park parks a number of years ago. There's, there's, there's one called Net Park down in um, Sedgefield, which was, was um, Tony Blair's. Uh, he was the MP there mm-hmm. uh, and had the foresight at the time to to have this uh, park down there, which is which has been incredibly successful, and it, it is now expanding. They're, they're launching a space catapult. We're not launching, that's the wrong word, isn't it, for a space catapult. But there's a space catapult there that's expanding at pace. Um, so there's there's that kind of scientific technology, but it's it's in quite niche areas mm-hmm. where we've got into it through local contacts rather than waking up one morning and saying we really want to invest in solar panels. It, it, it's an opportunity we came across, which is very exciting. Yeah. And, and and talking about niche areas raises something that I've heard one or two mention people mention about a concern about investment investing in the regions, which is finding the right staffing and expertise. In that, you know, there's a concern that you know, in, in, a, in a, a small area, you won't have. I mean, probably software engineers might probably plenty of software engineers everywhere now. But if, if you talk about areas with specialist expertise, do you have? You know, they they might have. You know, maybe the university's got five experts in this area, but if they want to hire the next 10 or 15 specialist staff, it could get hard. What's your experience of this? Yeah, it, it's a very good question. And, and I think this is why historically the Southeast maybe has outperformed. You know, you, you've got to, if you, need, if you need a new sales director or you need a new whatever the position is, you've got a larger pool to go to mm-hmm. uh, and probably candidates with longer CVs of working on bigger projects just because mm-hmm. of the size of the economy. So it, 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 it has been an area of concern. What we've found over the last couple of years is as the interest in the regions increased, you've got people more willing to work or relocate to the regions. Uh, but also now we can find staff anywhere in the UK and working remotely is a real option. Mm-hmm. And has that changed? Presumably, that's changed dramatically just in the last two years. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and that's where we're starting to see some real benefits. Mm-hmm. Where you've got to have the core of the management team here, and you know, management, I'm sure will come on to is you know extremely important. But a big part of what we do at Maven is help build the management team. Mm-hmm. That's how you get usually how you get successful venture capital investments as you take something very exciting and you build around it. Last year, one of our businesses, we, we hired a sales director who's based in, in London uh, or, or near London, done a fantastic job. But a lot of the customers are down there. 
you can work remotely. You'll be visiting Newcastle every month or two. But they've, they've adapted to this way of working because working with him remotely is exactly the same as working with the guy remotely who lives three miles away from you, but you're not going into the office all the time anymore. So it's, it's, so it's allowed us to source staff from outside the region, but still allow them to live and operate where they are. Uh, it used to be that quite a few of the companies have it, would have a satellite office in London. Yeah. And they'd go and do sales meetings from there or have a sales guy housed there. So it's not something that's that new. It's just much more cost-effective and, and just better. It, it seems to work better. You, and, you know, this is topical, but you don't necessarily want to rely upon the train service right now <laughs> to be going back and forth to London to try and operate deals. Um, so As someone helped. who's up and down that train, I I once joked I had a, was getting a second income from delay repay for a few months. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You should, you should build an app for that. <laughs> you make some money. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's less it's much less of an issue than it used to be. Uh, you know, having said that, there's still lots of good talent in the northeast of England. And you're also, um, something that you're seeing a lot of now is people, funny enough, it's, it's almost the other way, people are re- relocating back. People who maybe started off in the northeast, moved to London, mm-hmm. they've learned a great deal, and they're relocating back. And that's because they're either relocating back to the northeast, but working remotely, yeah, with a business anywhere. But you know that, but but the, but then you can go and speak to them people and say, well, okay, you're working remotely for someone now, but actually we've got a business on your doorstep. Would you like to come and work with us? And so, so yeah, so good good times. Yeah. For, for, Presumably, there's an issue there in the sense that. You know, one of one of the attractions I would imagine for a few people is you come up and live in Newcastle. You still got you work remotely from for London. You've probably got a degree of a London salary and Newcastle expenses. Whereas if you work for a Newcastle company, you're going to have to take a pay cut. Is that an issue? Do you think? Well, it, well, this is the very interesting bit. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. You're absolutely right. But um, where it, where we are investing in high growth venture capital deals where there's potentially a lot of equity upside so uh, our strategy there is to say okay that's your london salary we're not we're not going to pay that but we'll, we'll pay you a very good northeast salary and we'll give you some options in this business and this will probably be a more exciting job that you've got now but also that equity value over the next three to five years could be worth significantly more than what you than what you've gave away on the pay gap and that for the right candidate it's a good test to the candidate as well do they want to take a paycheck or does they want to build equity value and you know we prefer the latter yeah yeah so presumably there's a difference then between the sort of growth companies and you, you can imagine your typical established sme which is is not growing as fast or doesn't have that sort of options they're not going to be able to recruit these sort of staff in the same way that the sort of gross businesses can. Yeah, I, I think you're right. There's probably not the same need for them to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're as steady as you go, SME, you're not necessarily looking for the same kind of person that we're looking for, you know, which wants to be in a high-growth business and, and would get frustrated in a, in a low-growth environment. And I think that's the big difference. Yeah, yeah. And one of the attractions you mentioned earlier was about valuations. And this is something that everybody talks about. Well, not everybody, but every regional investor trumps 
either being a big advantage is that the valuations outside the southeast are just lower. Has that been changing? How big's the gap? I'd say um, the valuations have gone up, mm-hmm. but we've seen the valuations go up in the southeast as well. I was going to say, the, the whole, <laughs> yeah, we, we've had five years of a bull market in valuations. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens so, this year. <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, we'll speak to co- companies and um, they'll say, oh, yeah, well, we, we, you know, we've spoken to a, a, a London advisor and we should be worth at least X. And you and, and but but the reality is that London advisors being referring to a deal of a company which was four times the size, you know, and because the, the this is more about the software businesses o- on traditional businesses. I, I don't think there's a huge gap in valuation, but really. You know, you're talking about a manufacturing company or a, a you know, there's not a huge daring. I, I don't think there is, but when you get into the um, the technology side, the more high growth kind of venture capital deals. Uh, I think there is a valuation gap, but um, not gap, um, a difference. We, we can get deals, I think, on a better valuation. And it factors in two main things. There's less competition for deals, which does play into it. And actually less of the deals are advisor-led, which always seems to push deals up. Something something that somebody a couple of years ago mentioned this about, advisors generally they feel get in the way. Whereas it sounds like here, your experience is advisors do do something of a job for the the company in that they do tend to push the valuation up. Is, is that, yeah, well, well, it's... it's, it's so, so what I'd say there is, so it's... Um, Getting a higher valuation, yes, is is good as far as dilutions concerned mm-hmm. for the yeah. for the management team, uh, but that's not the whole thing. No. You know what 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 the what the what you really need is going one of these deals is yes a good valuation because you want to be incentivized on the other side to keep on going, but you want a funding partner which which we would we would argue you want a funding partner which is local. So so if you've got any issues, it's it's. You pick up the phone, you can meet for a coffee in half an hour. You, you can talk to these people, they're going to add value. And it's about giving the right funding. You know, it's, it's not too much, it's not too little, it's got to be in the right structure for the business. You know, let's not saddle some, a business with a structure which isn't going to work. You know, too much debt in there or too big a coupon or, you know, some things where you're not aligned. That There's so much more to it. I think, what, I think where we find advisors adding value is usually the deals can, can be conducted a little more quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that helps. They can, they can help us sometimes in structuring the deals that everyone's happy and they can do that kind of the hand-holding, which, you know, it's it's, it's not, not as popular with the investment in the Northeast. So, you know, there's less people to, to refer these people to if they've not seen it before, so advisors help. Um, but on valuations, I, I tend to do push the valuations up because they set an expectation with the um, with the company early doors, which 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 to hold on to. But yeah, we, we can definitely find better valuations. It is is there an issue with can these businesses grow as quickly as they can in the southeast? Because as you said before, finding staff, being proximity to customers, there can be an issue there which can hold the growth back, which which 
plays a little bit into the valuations. So when you say finding um, staff, does it just take a, that little bit longer to find staff, or yeah, or you or you know for all for you talk about is it, better? It's still not the same as London. Well, I think the issues you've got is you you with with remote recruitment is still more expensive. You're not getting these staff in by referrals. You're not at, you know that there is limitations to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know you don't want to do everything remotely. No. I, I don't think that works. There's still a lot of value in having the face-to-face time. So I think there are a few issues there which can hold businesses back. So, so that can be an issue. Availability of funding. There's not that many funders around. So, you know, a business which might be able to raise $3 million in the northeast might be able to raise $10 million if it's based in London and it's got the right connections. I don't know, but the, the, these are things that factor into why you've got a lower valuation. But also, I think as well, um, you know, the lower living standards re- also reflects, you know, how much money does a, does an owner really need to take out at the end to be a very wealthy individual in the Northeast? And it's a lot lower than you require in the Southeast. So so I think the... the um, the, the final check size aspiration of someone in the northeast might be a little bit lower, which which comes on the businesses do tend to exit earlier in the northeast. Now that's interesting. Why yeah. is it, is, is that it, because the expectations are lower? Do you think, or is there something I think, else? I think it is. On? You know, if, if, if it's a private individual, if you could leave a business of ten million pounds and live in the northeast of England versus ten million pounds, and you want to have a, you know, you want to live in the southeast of England. That, that 10 million is going to go a lot further in, in, in the northeast of England. Uh, oh, that's how people see it. So I think there is, it's, it's genuine that the, the people do tend to exit that little bit earlier in the northeast because, you know, there's a, there's a target number that I think people aspire to, which is just a bit lower, understandably. So someone, one of our previous guests, uh, suggested that there's almost like a valuation arbitrage where they can do the little trick of, okay, we've got business in the regions, we'll, we'll buy in the region price, and if we can sell it to somebody in London, we'll get a London exit price and we get an uplift. Is that something you see much of? Or is that... I mean, it sounds good on paper. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think so. Maybe it's a little bit. So, so I, I, don't, I don't think it's the do a deal in the northeast and then we'll find an investor in London. I don't think that works. But I think what you can do is find a business in the northeast, which if it has the potential to attract international buyers, and, and especially US trade, mm-hmm. they don't see a difference. You know, I, I, I've, I've not seen it where they've said, okay, you're not in London, we're going to apply a discount. You know, I think, I think the trade buyers are looking for, like, oh, we've got a very interesting technology. We could, we could use this. We could sell it to our customers in the US. They, they don't care where you're based. Maybe it's they did 10 years ago. Uh, and this is where, you know, Things like Newcastle United, the football team, which is close to everyone's heart in the northeast, being acquired by, you know, by the Saudi investors, will raise the profile of the north of Newcastle, 
on the international yeah. stage. I think all of that kind of thing helps. But mm. yeah, I've, I've not seen it where we could take something to London and get a better valuation. But I have seen it where, especially US trade buyers, may, they don't mind yeah. where no. you're based. Yeah, they, they just yeah. don't they, have... They don't have the perspective to know the difference in a way. Yeah, they know you're based in England, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you know that's a bit. You know, they'll, they'll know a lot more than that. But but they're not. They, they don't have an experience of evaluation gap. I think between regions in the southeast. Yeah, and and ballpark. How big is the valuation gap? Are we talking like ten percent difference of valuations, fifty percent difference? You know. Um, yeah, difficult to say an average because it's not that big a pool that we've got to look at mm-hmm. yeah. you know so but but it's quite big yeah i wouldn't really it's a bit of a rubbish answer but i'm not really <laughs> sure i want to put a, want to put a number on it but but it is it is quite big but it's yeah it, 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 it's decent it's a decent size and but is the risk is that justified maybe it is you know maybe it is a little bit more risky maybe the businesses are a bit smaller what we found when you come to exit businesses is you know, you hear about lots of great multiples that are being achieved, but a lot of that information comes from very large um, private equity or very large corporate finance people. And what they're often talking about is, um, you know, the multiples that are achieved for businesses of a certain size. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and, and if, if you're a 10 million ARR technology business growing at 50% a year, so this is a three million technology business growing at fifty percent a year. There's a lot more interest in them on at ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, a lot more. So um, where we tend to find very good valuations is really where there's a strategic acquirer that sees something in a business which is very strategic to their operation and they're willing to pay, play it, pay a high multiple. What we see less of, I think, in the regions. Is the is the private equity houses coming in on these big multiples? Unless you've got a, a big enough business, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And and, and you, that naturally raises a question when it comes to exit. You know, private sort of private equity versus um, sort of strategic buyers. Are the private equity people active in the regions? Because my perception is they are, but that that might be unfair. Yeah. Yes, they are. It's scale. Is the big thing for them. So you know, you, 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 your minimum check size is the issue because the deals do tend to be smaller in the regions. And and this links uh, back to that early exit thing, does it? Exactly, they tend to be smaller. Having said that, and see, actually, a company there's a business called End Clothing, in which is based out of Newcastle, uh, which took on investment from Carlisle Group last year. Yeah, which was huge. I think on a hundreds of millions valuation. Uh, that's just around the corner. It's a local team, very successful business. But, you know, we have uh, on the mid market private equity on the same street as us here in Newcastle on Grey Street. We have um, LDC opened an office last year, and BGF have just opened an office in the last few weeks. So. It, it's there's getting more interest, mm-hmm. but I would say on the larger deals, you know, maybe he's talking uh, across the northeast region, maybe it's a couple of deals a year or on the big size where, where you've got the you know the mid market to large private equity. Whereas in London, of course, that would be a, a, a much higher number. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how these things can have a dynamic because 
I, I'm in Edinburgh and we had Skyscanner is, is, is the high profile one of a couple of years ago. And that seems to have triggered a small change in expectation. Well, not as much expectations about, but about the feeling about what is possible. And, you know, and maybe that's inspiring more startups and maybe there's, you know, meet people saying, well, actually, maybe we can take this a bit further than maybe we first thought. Do you think that effect might come through elsewhere? I think so. What what we're finding is that there's been some big investment in in the region, especially in building technology clusters. Mm-hmm. And we're finding some. So there's been a lot of news over the last six months of very large, primarily US tech businesses opening offices in the northeast of England because they're seeing good access to talent. Mm-hmm. And I think over the next few years, what we'll hopefully find is that as you employ thousands and thousands more people in that sector, that they learn lots of great practices, learn lots of great things from these big corporates, Mm -hmm. but also see the successes of the types of business we're investing in and decide, actually, yeah, I don't want to work for this big corporate anymore. I'll go and try and do a skyscanner or or whatever the business may be. So I think there's, there's 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 a level of investment needs to come first in creating the critical mass mm-hmm. in, a, in a sector where people, you know, it's, and it's like this, I've got limited knowledge of this, but if you, you know, look at why Silicon Valley so successful is you've got so many of these technology, the big firms there, people walk into them, learn from the best, walk out the door and start their own business. Yeah. Well, it's and, amazing and the a, number of people across there, you, listen, you know, they talk about the history and they spent the three years of Google, the five years of yeah. Facebook, whatever, and now they've sort of moved on to building something else. Exactly. And you need that. You, know, you, mm-hmm. you, you need that. So that's where the regions, and that's where I remember the difference between the regions and the southeast a little bit, you know, but the region needs, the regions need more and more of these great companies. As you say, the sky scanners can, can then inspire people. But, but I think it's helpful when they get an opportunity to work for these larger corporates then come out again. Whereas what you find in the regions a little bit is people work in the southeast and then come back. And quite often start businesses because it's where they want to settle down and start a business. They think it's a good area to do so. Yeah. So, so that naturally raises the question about things are going the right direction. They still have somewhere yeah. to go. What else should be done? And, and, and I'm thinking, you know, you've got both the government and sort of private commercial sort of the side of things. What should people or somebody be doing to to, to help? keep this on the path and, and stimulate f- further progress yeah um timely because I, I was actually i met someone for a coffee yesterday to discuss this point what what can can be done uh, there's a lot going on actually in the northeast you know on the horizon devolution so devolving some of the the powers to the local mm-hmm. councils and combined authorities that's stimulating a lot of interest in creating new investment funds, uh, which will certainly help, you know, Durham Council, we manage money for one of the first people to do this. It, that's created huge benefit regionally. You know, we've created and safeguarded um, almost a thousand jobs since that fund started. It, I think we've completed 36 investments. We've brought in private sector ledger from outside of the region. So the total deals in Durham, it's about 42 million that we've achieved. We've brought in with investment as in people relocating and moving offices and factories to the northeast. 
because we've worked with the councils to show what good facilities are available. So there's loads of good good initiatives going on. I think more funding helps it that, you know, because we've discussed it. You know, and, and, you, and, do you, and do you think that's more of these regional funds from the government or do you think it's a case of we need to get more commercial funders opening offices in the regions? I think, I think the way it worked, the more of the government-backed funds we have, the more attractive it becomes for the commercial mm-hmm. investors. And, and, it, and again, it comes back to a scale thing. So really, the, and the reason why so many people are moving in the region is they want to pick up the, the larger deals. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it, the more money available to the venture capital firms to nurture the the early stage businesses through to a scale where they can take on more investors, I think the better. And it's helping us produce, you know, we, we work with management to help professionalise the businesses, to, you know, put lots of best practice in there, build teams rather than an individual. And so so, so we're, we're helping them go from this early stage point to a place where actually they can bring in larger commercial investors uh, and it works. But the, the bedrock of all of this is the venture capital funding, the regional funding, having people like ourselves locally it's producing this um, conveyor belt of of good quality companies, which which you then you then can show to a commercial investor, and it looks no different to a southeast business, as far as you know, management practices, professionalism, international and national growth potential, all this kind of stuff. They've got strategies in place to deliver it all, mm-hmm. uh, like you would for any other business in any other region. And we're definitely seeing that. We're getting more and more interest all the time in our portfolio. You know, people are bringing us or approaching our CEOs going, oh, Maven's involved, been there for two or three years, would like to have a chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so, so thinking about it, we've already had seen a fair amount of funding. Do you think we've got the critical mass and we need more time? Or do you think this government still needs to be bringing more finance in? I think more finance, the, the committee is to providing more finance mm-hmm. in the new Northern Powerhouse Investment Funds, which is great news. So we're very excited about that. Yes, I, I think more finance. <laughs> you know, we, we can invest more. We, we see a lot of opportunities. I think going back to the point earlier about some of these businesses, maybe is exiting a little bit early. Mm-hmm. If, if we had more finance, we'd be, we could take them further. And grow some really substantial businesses. In so, the this is, North, so, so basically, people are exiting kind of Series A, Series B, but because the series they don't see the Series C funding there as well. Yeah, I think there's a bit of that. Yeah, or, 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 you know, we've got to got to help build these businesses and, and get them in shape and create that interest for them. And so that and that might be that you know our investment limits are increased. Or there's more funding so we can find co-investors more easily to, to increase those investment limits. I, I think that would make a big difference. I, I think a lot of the restrictions that came with, came with the, the European regional fund money, I think there'll be less restrictions with the new money that's coming in from the, from the British Business Bank and from the government. So that'll definitely help. So but what yeah, sort of restrictions are those? Were those similar to what we've seen for the sort of limitations on EIS and whatever, or or that, that's of nature? Yeah, a, a little bit, but there's this quite, yeah, quite, com- so the, a lot of the um, uh, EIS and VCT rules are similar. 
and they're set by the HMRC Treasury, and that's more around helping the government direct where that money goes to. Yeah, but we're also limited by the EU state aid rules, which uh, it sounds like impact here. But well, there's, a, there's a mixture. So some of the rules, uh, you know, that, that move forward, the government, you know, does want to push the venture capital trust money into earlier stage businesses. But yeah, the, the, but the state aid rules, are, yeah, are, are quite complicated. Not necessarily built to fit SME investment. You know, it, it. Whereas, you know, when we talk about EIS rules, you know, they are aimed at SMEs. Well, very small businesses, you know, and the VCT rules are based on SMEs. A lot of the state aid rules are, you know, to do with differences between different countries in the, in the, you know, it, 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 they're a very complicated rule because they've got to capture such a wide economic area. I think they can, it'll only benefit when we've got more precise, niche-focused rules which are to encourage SME growth. Yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like things are going in the right direction anyway, which is yes, very good. What I'd like to do now is move on to our standard questions. So okay. we'll throw these at you and see what your <laughs> thoughts are. Uh, there's yes. no right or wrong answers, don't worry. What was the most recent publicly announced investment you made and why did you make it? Yes, so we invested just over $2 million into a business called IPAC. It is... Uh, it- makes plastic packaging the manufacturer plastic packaging for food so like the plastic you get your sandwiching there are some green credentials they are working with innovate uk to to reduce carbon so like to say that invested in this business uh, it's a management team that we knew well a uh, very very good management team have built and sold businesses before they're doing something a little bit different in their sector we've helped them produce very well invested facilities and, and we see a lot of potential in the growth for that business. Excellent. So in the classic venture capital triumvirate of market product and management, we know they're all important, but which for you is the most important? Yeah, that, that, that was an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> management. You, you know, it, it's, you, you've got to get the right management. SME venture, venture investments, management is so important. And, and you will build around that management. So that management might change a little bit in size and shape over the course of the investment. But if you, if you've got the wrong management team, it's very difficult. You have a great product and a great market, but you've got the wrong management team. It's very difficult. So that that is for me the most important and the most. It's sometimes the most difficult to evaluate as well, which is where one of the arts of venture capital you know comes into it. Yeah, yeah. Inevitably, you're going to be subjective about your decision making. I mean, you regard yeah. a CV doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't really tell you how good a management is. Yeah, and this is where you know being local helps. Being local helps. You, you know these people for years, or you know people they know. You can reference them. Right. All that's very valuable when you're mm-hmm. when you're uh, assessing a management team. Tell us about a time you failed and what you learned from it. So I think yeah. So. Where we've struggled with with the businesses in the past is where we've been, I would say, is where we've been a little bit too slow to adapt to something. So, uh, and this can be a move in the market, so, so so a shift in what customers are looking to buy or looking to pay or what their driver is, or uh, too slow to realise on, on adapting change that actually 
maybe the team that's in place is not capable of delivering what what needs to happen next. And, and that's happened uh, not many times, but but it's happening. And, and what I've learned from it is, and it comes back to what you said there about market product and management. On on management, you've got to realise that running a two million turnover business is not the same as running a ten million turnover business, and that that management team might need to grow. The people in there might need mentoring. There might be bigger gaps that come along, uh, and and you've got to keep an eye on that. And you've got to you know work with the with the team. But you've got to keep an eye on that, and then on product and market, you've got to be ever so careful that you know what you're developing is something which you can sell. And, and this is a common area in technology investments where people get very excited about the technology and spend a lot of time looking at R and D and what we're going to develop next, and they forget that the, the end purpose is to make something which sells. Yeah. That, that's the big thing. So you, so you move, there's a point where you move from being a technology business to what we call a product business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, it's a product you can sell. And it's, it's very important. Yeah, those are the two the two big things. I have to keep an eye on the management team and, and, and help grow them and then be very careful. You, it's a product. You're trying to sell a product. You're not trying to build a technology. How hard is it psychologically to sort of change or tinker with management in the sense that if you've invested a company – You've already bought into management being, you know, you, you've made a decision. You've got that sunk cost, which everybody, so everybody knows that you. When when you make a decision for something, you you're biased towards looking towards the positives or or the good things. How hard is it to come in and say, okay, sorry, you know, we two years ago you were great. Now we we want to change what you're doing, change your role, whatever. It, it's yeah, it's it's. We always work hard to try and help people as much as possible and so it might be okay you need you need a bit of mentoring we'll bring a chairman in we'll bring a non-exec in so we'll, we'll try that you know that's always the first port of call what you normally find is you know these are intelligent people and they will realize where there's there's a, a limitation and and they do require some help and you know, we invest in people who are passionate about their businesses and want to see them grow and um, also um, put the staff, you know, it's very important to them that the, the staff and, and that the business grows and supports the team. So, you know, it, 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 it's not that difficult a conversation if you start with the right people that are intelligent, self-aware, passionate about the business uh, and you know it's investment, it's business. You're not gonna. It's not always gonna run smooth. You're gonna have some disagreements. Ways used to dealing with these things, and, and and it's you know we're only ever interested in the growth of the business and, and you know in preserving the the business. So um, you know the, the management team should be aligned with that. So the VCT industry in which we both work is great in many ways, but it's far from perfect. What would you like to change about it? I was here. It's a lot. We'd like to do more transactional deals. <laughs> uh, there, there's lots of good opportunities out there. Yeah, I, I think it's very good. It, it's you know, there's there's people in our business who are who are very closely linked into the BVCA, uh, and we'd be able to give more, uh, probably a very detailed answer on this. Uh, I, I just see it as a force for good in in the in the regions because it, it, it is quite a, it's a very useful co-investor 
you, you know, and it's it's very good for us because we can approach early stage businesses, which, which are always too early stage for the venture capital trusts, mm-hmm. invest through the regional funds, help prepare them, and but but safe in the knowledge that, right, you you, you as a team do what you promise, you, you, you progress the business. There is larger funding pools there because we have got very large venture capital trusts and they're available to businesses uh, like yourselves. So, so, so from my point of view, they're just a big benefit for businesses in the Northeast. It allows us to do larger check sizes. We can use our regional funds to help find and develop businesses to prepare them for the venture capital trusts, which work for a slightly larger scale. So for the, for the regions, very, very useful very useful tool okay well, sounds like we've got a fan yes <laughs> so um listeners know i'm an avid reader and i like all my guests to suggest books so is there anything out there you, you like and would recommend yes i thought of two one, one is more they're both work focused and but in, in quite different ways so when i joined brew and dolphin in 2003 uh my old boss graham summers used to always give this book as a gift to everyone who joined and it's it's the it's the Warren Buffett Way by Robert Hagstrom, and I've read lots of Warren Buffett books, and, and that that's my favourite one by by Hagstrom. He he writes down what he summarises as the tenets of investment that, that Warren Buffett follows, and I, I used them for nine years as the as kind of the background for my investing on the stock market and, and, and they served me well and i remember the first one was always um never invest in something you don't understand that was the thing that always stuck with me you've got to you've got to do the hard work to understand the business and what it does and all these things otherwise it, it, it's you know it's a bit more like gambling isn't it so that was one and then the other one which is one that my, my dad got me to read when I was young, getting into business, which was uh, one you probably won't hear about. It is um, Shogun. I think it was a TV series, wasn't it? I don't know if you watched it. Shogun Clavel. by James Clavell. That's yes. correct, James Clavell. It, it, it's an incredibly good read, so I'd recommend it. Um, but, but the reason it was quite useful for business was, it, 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 you know, it's a story about in, in Japan about the, the battle for the shogunate um, position, and and there's lots of strategy the strategy and there's also a very interesting lots of how to, how to talk to people that you in business is they're very careful of what they say and it's all very well thought out and there's always strategy and plots and all these things so a very good book and actually you can take away a few things in business about long-term strategy and how to how to um, speak to people in business meetings which i thought was quite useful well, that's interesting because I, I remember the TV series when I was a kid, and my mum, I think my mum was really into it. But I was probably too young to actually appreciate uh, yes. the series at the time. So the, the, the book's excellent, and then there's some follow up books which go all the way up until the trading empire in, in, of Hong Kong. Uh, but they're, they're excellent books, I, I'd fully re- for, thoroughly recommend them. Well, I've never got around to that, so it sounds like something I should go back and have another read of. <laughs> yes. So, what do you wish you knew when you started with Maven that you know now? Yeah, and I'm trying to think about this one. So um, I think coming back to that management point, mm-hmm. you know, management is so important. And when I worked on the stock market, you know, most management was actually less of a question on the stock market. Mm-hmm. You know, the most you know, big PLCs that mostly got very talented, very experienced, broad management teams. 
with stellar boards attached to them. So you're more interested in the product and market yeah. side in valuation. Whereas when you get into the regional investment and venture capital investment, m- management is very, very important. Uh, and, and you need to spend a lot of time making sure that there's a, a very strong management team in there. And, and, and then when you are invested to, to monitor that and, and build around that management team if you need to. Very important and very different the stock market investing. That was the biggest difference for me between the two styles and, and, and processes of investment. Yeah. As someone who started as a quoted fund manager himself, I can second that <laughs> really. It's it's yeah. kind of is yeah. one, one of the big changes where you get these big behemoths almost that you sense almost yeah. could run themselves. Um yeah. they probably can't, but you you get that sense, yeah. you know, even if it almost doesn't matter beyond a certain level of competence, but yes, oh, it, it was a massive, massive difference between the two, uh, but 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 very enriching, you know, helping these, you know, small management teams grow and improve their skill sets and flourish, and ultimately, you know, usually make uh, make a lot of money, yeah, at, at the end, which is, which is great to see. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, having got involved in this space, I find it way more interesting than quoted companies, which I never thought that that would happen. It's totally agree. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to find out more about what you're doing at Maven, where should they go? Um, so, uh, the first port of call is the website. Mm-hmm. So, um, www.mavencp.com, which is for Maven Capital Partners. We'll put a link uh, in the which- show notes. Thank you, which we just refreshed recently. It looks very smart. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of very good information on there. Uh, and we've got our own regional page on there as well. Okay. Um, so, so it's not hard to find us. And I think there's ways to even inquire on the website. And uh, we always answer people. So, so yeah, please, people, you know, get in touch. That'd be great. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming on today, Michael. I've really enjoyed finding out a bit more of what's going in the Northeast because I, I didn't really know. <laughs> It's been good speaking to you, Brian. Thank you very much. So we hope you enjoyed that. If you want to find out more, the show notes will be available at hardmanco.com forward slash podcast. If you like really like what you heard, you can give us a review with lots of stars on iTunes. You can subscribe to this through iTunes, Spotify, and all good podcast players. If you want to give us feedback or find out more about what we're doing, then you can send us an email at inquiries at harmonico.com. Thanks very much for listening and hope to hear from you soon.